When you're an entrepreneur with a great idea, it can be daunting to find funding. Startup Raven takes the process out of your hands by helping entrepreneurs connect and learn about potential investors all in one place. Without any long-filled forms or thousand questions, Sign up for early access at StartupRaven.com. Welcome to StartupRad.io, your podcast and YouTube blog covering the German startup scene with news, interviews, and live events. Hello and welcome everybody. This is Joe from StartupRad.io. Today, I do have a green startup I would like to say here with me that is also working on a circular economy, more or less. But first, I would like to welcome one of the three co-founders. Hey, Conrad, how are you doing? Hey, Joe, nice to meet you. Great to be here. Totally my pleasure. Um, the people out there who are listening to this, who are watching this, have actually seen or experienced work you've done because you have been the former lead developer at Immobilien Scout 24, one of Germany's largest platforms where you can actually look for houses, apartments, um, um, slots to build a house and stuff like this. You have also been the head of engineering at Intratech Friday. We talked about them also in our news. And you have been the architect and principal developer at Solaris Bank, the unicorn. That's true. <laughs> yeah, that, that sounds like you're pretty good at coding. Um, back in the days, I learned Visual Basic for, for applications and some Turbo Pascal. <laughs> oh, wow. Nice. Yeah, I, I still uh, enjoy coding. I, I try to, to keep doing it. Um, at least a bit, but I also enjoy building teams and organizations. And this is, um, yeah, why why I joined uh, basically um, a row of startups now. And uh, now I'm in for the real game to actually found my own company with Max and Janis. Um, and yeah, we have exciting things ahead and already some, some um, great success. As you said, you enjoy coding. You're the chief technology officer. Okay. Um, how much time do you actually still spend in coding? Like 15 minutes a week or 15 minutes a year? <laughs> um, well, I mean, coding is not the most important aspect of my job. The more, much more important aspect is, yeah, actually giving directions to the team, thinking about the general tech strategy, um, talking to partners, uh, customers, and understanding their needs and translating this into uh, an archi architecture and a tech strategy and um, making this um, yeah, understandable to our teams and, and the inside of our company. Um, yeah, nevertheless, sometimes I need to build something myself and, and write some code. Um, so this is rather, I would say more of a hobby, um, but maybe two to five hours a week I, I spent I spent coding, I would say. Or I pair with some of the developers, for instance, and just work on some actual real problems. Um, would, would, would 
a lot of people don't understand who have never been to this job or in this area. Um, the IT of even a small startup and even more complex, larger companies is like a jigsaw puzzle. And one person has to make sure all the pieces fit together because otherwise you'll end up with um, not what you had in mind and maybe even big mistakes or you have to undo work or stuff like that. And that is basically your job. And I can tell the bigger the company gets, the more complex this jigsaw puzzle gets. And I do get the impression that the number of pieces in this jigsaw puzzle, talking about tools, technology, development, even hardware is growing expo exponentially with the size of the company. Would you agree to that? Uh, it often is. Um, however, it should not. Um, so <laughs> it should not. <laughs> My job is actually to limit the size of this puzzle um, and keep it simple and accessible and, and manageable for everyone. Um, because oftentimes it's super tempting to just introduce a new tool or a new way of working. But oftentimes, um, um, something that you just start with ex as an experiment that, that then sticks around for a long time. So um, it's super important to have a kind of standard tool set um, where everyone is is um, proficient with and uh, is able to handle and that you build on that tool set. Mm -hmm. I was wondering when I've seen your CV and we already talked about it, you stayed quite some time with very well-known names in the Berlin fintech sector. And then you have been the principal engineer and architect at Solaris Bank until January 2022. And then all of a sudden you start reverse supply. What happened there? You, you basically went from being a very good and very responsible coder in fintech into starting your own company. Um, helping to establish second-hand shops for brands. What happened there? What drove you there? Yeah, there, there, there's not just a single reason, but but several contributing factors as, as often. Um, one was that I, I love building products and, and build something that people out there actually need and love. And um, yeah, sustainability, bringing more sustainability to everyone's life and um, making this world a little bit better, at least, um, was important to me with everything going on in the world, you know, climate crisis, uh, war. Um, I think it's important to, yeah, to do something that is close to your heart um, and not just earn money. And while I enjoy building companies and teams and, and architectures, I wanted to combine this with a mission that um, yeah, is close to my heart. And also another aspect was um, actually after these two years of Corona and remote work lockdown, um, yeah, I really needed to do something exciting. So I thought now is the time um, I've actually two kids which are already grown up. So they are, um, this week, my daughter has her 22nd birthday. Um, yeah, 20 seconds already. Um, 
my son follows two weeks uh, later with his 18th birthday. And so uh, kids are done, basically. Not, not completely, but <laughs> um, it's not the hypercare uh, phase anymore. And so I felt ready to, to really start something exciting new. And um, yeah, even if it means um, yeah, spending a lot of time with actual work, um, thinking about problems. Mm -hmm. And you're one of three co-founders of Reverse Supply. Um, how did this happen that you three guys got together and decided to do what Reverse Supply right now does, meaning secondhand jobs with logistic, logistics behind it as a white labor footprint? How, how did this happen? How did you make this decision? And where did you meet your co-founders? Um, so Janis and Max, uh, they're basically old friends uh, from Paderborn. I think they know each other from school or university. Um, and they met again in Berlin. And um, Max was in this business already, um, in this industry um, of fashion, but not in the sustainable side of things, but rather on the fast fashion side of things. And uh, he also felt the need to do something um, yeah, more sustainable and, and more uh, close to his heart. Um, and yeah, the, the two met um, again in Berlin and thought what they can do. And then they thought, well, we need something, someone who is really um, proficient with technology. And as oftentimes you, you ask around in your networks and someone knew someone who knew me and this is how we how we met. Um, we had a few talks. Um, we liked each other. We thought the idea is great. Let's rock it. Mm. And was it already from the real start that you looked at second hand shops as a service? Was that your initial idea or did you bounce around a few ideas and then settled on one? Um, it, it was quite early in, um, in the kind of, yeah, ideation phase, I would say. So what we are building is we are building a marketplace, basically not only the shopping side, but also the uh, selling side because uh, you need to have the goods that you sell. And there's a huge market out there. So um, especially when you look at the younger generations, when I look at the, the generation of my daughter, they uh, they very naturally buy secondhand. Um, and oftentimes the problem is that, that there is not just enough high value items available there. So the market is often driven by fast fashion, new editions, uh, Uh, of the same stuff over and over again that needs to be sold. And um, what we enable is to actually give items a second or third or a fourth life. Um, and this makes most sense for items that have a higher value um, and are not basically worn out after a few few months. 
Yeah, I know that you buy some stuff and then it goes through the laundry like two, three, four times and then it loses its shape and basically uh, so, uh, so, some of the um, some of the stuff gets undone and then you you basically only have the option to throw it out. I know what you mean. We are actually getting a little bit ahead of us here. Um, I was I was first going. Um, you you already talked about um that you cannot do this with every brand. Um, but you are working with some very interesting brands. Uh, personally, I knew Backside and Klobuchar, but there are more companies already working with you that you have as reference um, on your website, right? Yes, there's, for instance, Armed Angels, which is a well-known brand in Germany for sustainable fashion. Um, then um, there is Has Natur will be launched uh, when this goes live pretty sure. Uh, also, also a sustainable fashion brand from Germany. Um, there's John and June, Daria D, some, some smaller fashion brands. Um, yeah, and we are in talks with a lot of other big names also included. Um, so the demand is high. Mm -hmm. It the, the the interesting thing you you said um is that the demand for second hand fashion is much higher than you can satisfy right now. So that means there's a lot of people going into all the shops you're offering and go out without finding anything, even though they would like to buy something, right? Yes, that's true. So we all have Uh, a lot of stuff in our closets, more than we actually need. And um, this is the challenge we are up to, making this available to people. Um, and we also have a few ideas, of course, um, how to enable this. But um, yeah, this is, this is true. Actually, we could sell more if we would have more to sell. Mm -hmm. And with this reuse, you, you extend the life cycle of a fashion item, meaning usually somebody buys it, doesn't matter if man or woman wears it a few times, and then basically gets uh, put deeper and deeper into the closet. And at one point, you just lift it out and you throw it away. Um, and that is the cycle you want to break, right? Yes, exactly. So, um, yeah, people move around uh, oftentimes. Um, and also, yeah, They, they have these values, um, and we may, we will make it a kind of natural thing to, to use, uh, the value you have in your closets to, um, yeah, to maybe pay with it, um, for instance, uh, to trade it in, um, for other items, not necessarily new items, but when you want something different, um, a few times a year, maybe even. Um, you, you cannot just add and add and add. So you need to get rid of stuff. And instead of just throwing it away, um, we enable take back solutions that, that factor in the actual value uh, that's still in the clauses. Um, so it gets reused and um, reintroduced to the market. Um, reused and reintroduced. That is exactly the point because um, you guys are not only doing the the shiny side of things basically the 
e-commerce shops for the brands, but you are also a logistics provider. That means my understanding is you take even you get sent. Um, that is something I have not understood. Do you get sent sent like containers straight from the brands, or do you actually get all the very small and tiny packages of all the people sending the stuff back? Yes. Um, yes. So the the uh, like organic. Um, inbound of items from actual people out there um, cleaning up their closets um, is actually the, the larger part of the business and the more important one of the business. Um, and logistics is important to have because, I mean, you know, there are peer-to-peer -peer marketplaces like Vinted, eBay, Kleinanzeigen in Germany, uh, pretty famous. There was something like Kleiderkreisel, is it still around? Um Yes. Isn't that vintage nowadays? Oh, they rebranded. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm not so sure. Um, to be honest, um, I'm just a techie. <laughs> um, I, I'm just a podcaster. <laughs> um, but yeah, but the, the, the problem on those peer-to-peer -peer marketplaces is that you have a very different experience than buying new stuff from a well-known brand, from basically a brand that you trust and where you have a shopping experience that is you know, trustworthy and where you know, okay, I can, if I don't like it, I can send it back uh, and I will be refunded. No worries. Um, I don't need to meet someone on, I don't know, a specific time of the day at a specific corner uh, when it's raining. Um, And then the other one forgot about it uh, or is late. So all those worries I um, I don't want to have with secondhand items. And this is what we're providing by pro also covering the logistics side of things. So every item that goes through our process has a um, clearly defined quality. Um, all the attributes um, are, are defined by us and are guaranteed by us. And, um, yeah, it is sent out from our warehouse. So the time you buy it, it actually gets sent out and, um, you can also return it. You have basically the same shopping experience, like with new items, um, but with trusted secondhand items. So that means you get the small packages. So there is a, like, um, personally imagine nation a lot of delivery cars and trucks coming in every day you have a facility close to the former airport tegel in berlin mm, then you have a lot of people whose job it is to open up those packages by the way something i also enjoy opening up packages and um, how do you call them unboxing professionals I, i'm not sure but you have people who do that then there's all the stuff has to be tagged in order to to make sure you can um like see from where it was, was coming from which person who sent it in and then it has to go through the laundry um ironing if needed and then at one point you have to repackage it and also, in the meantime, I assume after the laundry, you have you have someone who has a serious look at it and says, yeah, that's the quality we need. Oh, no, there's something, there's something, there's something. So um, is that how it works right now? Yes, in general, this is the process. Um, so um, we have a grading process. Um, 
where where really professional people um, like tailors or designers um, work and um, look at every single item. Part of the process is also automated, so we have our own software. That's why I am on board. Um, that um, yeah brings some efficiency to the process and that streamlines and automates this, this whole process. So over the time, uh, more and more knowledge of these uh, workers will be factored into the software. Um, so more and more can be automated, which is important because we want to scale and um, yeah cover much more of the market than we currently do. Um, so um, yeah, we have this grading process where every every single item is identified, um, categorized, um, the quality is defined, or the product attributes um, are defined. Um, we don't actually launder items that would maybe also be a, be a bit expensive. So if people send in items that are clearly um, dirty, smelling, um, unfortunately, we reject them. So this is this is what we, yeah, what we expect of people to actually send us items that you at least want to touch, and uh, but we are not a waste bin. Sorry to say that. Totally fine. Um, that that sounds. Uh, we talked about this before. That you now get your logistics down and um, get the processes streamlined and, as you say, increasingly automate this stuff. That That, that is currently the, the, the point you are right now, right? Yes. So um, this is one part of the business, like the internal processes, which um, um, yeah, we will automate further and optimize further. Other part... Uh, of the business is the external one, the marketplace, basically. So um, where we buy items, we sell items, and where we um, yeah, see this huge potential of a lot of people looking for secondhand. Um, a lot of people have high-value items in their closets um, and often don't really know what to do with it. And this is basically the sides of the the market that we will connect and where we are working on different channels. Uh, we already have a trade-in portal that um, that brands um, yeah can can label so so they um, they use this as an offering to their customers um, that their customers can trade in items or just uh, send in items for take back because another important aspect, the whole industry will need to have take-back solutions, um, at least in Europe, uh, from next year on. Um, yeah, so this this marketplace uh, side of the product is another important aspect of it. And what we will enable here is really incentivize people who have the items in their closet to to use them, give them a second life, uh, and create some value out of it for them. Um, so uh, you've been talking about uh, regulations. So basically, um, starting when was it? Twenty twenty four. The yeah, the 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 
yeah, the 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 sellers of clothing have to take back clothing um and i do believe that's a big business opportunity for you that's one of the reasons we're talking today um and i would be interested in two more questions one of them you're working with certain brands that means you can you only take back items from those brands because you work with them well this actually depends so um we want to sell a lot of things not just um, for specific brands. And uh, we already work with marketplaces like Bergzeit or Globetrotter, um, who are not single brand outlets, but actually have a lot of interesting outdoor equipment um, on their side. So we are basically having different inbound channels, different outbound channels, and we are able to um, cater the needs of the brands for sure. So they have the right items in their shop that fit their, their assortment and um, yeah, also fit their customer base and their target audience. Um, yeah. But you're not necessarily only limit, limited to those brands. Um, no, we are not, not limited to those brands. No, no. Um, so It, it depends a bit on the um, on the goals that the brands, our partners have with this solution. Some just want to have it on their website and they just want to have the label of sustainability and that's fair. Um, others are really interested in, in enabling this market. And for those who are more interested in, um, in that, sustainability aspect and are not yet seeing the full potential, we will enable them or point them to this potential um, and incentivize to, to take part in this market. Um, we offer basically to limit the, um, the, um, yeah, the inbound and outbound um, that, that goes or that appears to go to um, to their channels or their branded channels on their website to their brand only. So for instance, Armed Angels only sells Armed Angels, right? And also offers uh, trade-in only to their customers for their own brand. Um, other marketplaces um, are much more open to other brands. I see. Um, another question would be where you're actually selling the stuff. So that means, of course, in the shops, you already provide for your brands, but is there also like a second, third outlet where you work with other secondhand platforms, other merchants? Um, not yet, actually. So at the moment, um, we started with branded shops that uh, basically piggyback on the Uh, already existing audience of the brands. And um, this is already pretty successful. But as you mentioned, um, there are other channels that are maybe worthwhile um, to, to, um, yeah, to use to sell, to sell our goods. At the moment, we, we could sell more even on the channels we have. Mm -hmm. I see. So basically, you're not in need of additional selling channels because there's not enough supply for you here. 
when we've been talking about the facility you have close to Tegel, I was wondering, how is it actually there? Um, are we talking about like the size of a normal apartment? Are we talking about the size of a few soccer fields? What what are, What is the size of the operation there? And can I imagine that there are long rows of shelves and one of them is for backside, one of them is for armed angels and so on and so forth? Yeah, it's... Um Actually, I don't know the the, um, the exact number of square meters, uh, to be honest. It's actually three floors, and you can definitely play soccer there. Um, I already did this with my dog. <laughs> um, in the beginning, when the warehouse was, was uh, pretty empty, just before we moved there with all our items, because uh, animals are not allowed um, for obvious reasons, um, uh, in a warehouse with high value garments. Um, yeah, you, you, you can definitely play soccer. There's, um, it's quite spacious. We, we, we separate, uh, the floors by basically storage, um, grading and photography. So this is photography is, is another part of the process, um, that we cover. So every item that was not uh, photographer, photo, how do you say that in English? Uh, taking a photo from, <laughs> photographed. Um, yeah, you also take a professional photo. Mm, I see. Um, bothered you enough about those non-coding details? Sorry about that. Um, it, I just want to mention you are also the winner of the German Echo Design Award in the category service. Congratulations, by the way. And of course, we're getting close to the end because I'm already bothering you for more than 30 minutes with the questions here. Um, are you currently in a process of looking for or would you be open to talk to international investors? Yes, of course. Um, as I said, the market is huge. Um, we are looking for further scanning up our operations um, and our product offerings. And um, we are always open to talk with potential investors interested in that area. Mm -hmm. um, I see investor. So you raised um, already an angel round, a pre-seed and a seed early funding, uh, last one in early 2022. Two in total 5.5 million. And when I go through a little bit, you investors, Dutch Founders Fund is in there. Uh, Business Angel Capnemic Ventures, pretty well known. Push Ventures, Shoria Sh Sh Ventures. Uh, it's an angel club. Yeah, so uh, already some professional investors there, also with some good reputation. And people can reach out to you because in our um show notes on medium we will link your linkedin profile and last but not least the last question are you currently hiring yes please have a look at our website uh, you'll find all the current job openings there um actually if if you go onto the show notes in linked uh, in, on medium um we will link it there i found you have a job site on good jobs and that's what we will link here Cool. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Totally my pleasure. Konrad, first, best of luck in scaling and automating your processes. I think that's really a good idea and something that is needed. And secondly, of course, let us know when you guys are going to 
expand further, like talking a few more floors uh, and send us pictures when you play with your dog there before the uh, before the merchandise moves in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. We'll do. Great. It was a pleasure talking to you. Thank you very much. Have a great day. Thank you very much, Joe, for hosting. Totally my pleasure. Bye-bye. Bye. That's all, folks. Find more news, streams, events, and interviews at www.startuprad.io. Remember, sharing is caring.